Alright, here's what we're gonna do. You don't touch me. Of course, sorry. You're gonna be the second middleman. You're strong, you're fast, and you're gonna love that seat. Junior, you're the first middleman. You're quick, you're sharp. Hop in. Senka. I know I'm the driver, right? No, you're the brake man. No, no, I'm the driver. No, you're not. You're the brake man. I'm the driver. You're not. You're the brake man. See, you don't understand. I'm Senka Coffee. I'm the best pushcart driver in all of Jamaica. I must drive. Do you dig where I'm coming from? Yeah, I dig where you're coming from. Good. Now dig where I'm coming from. I'm coming from two gold medals. I'm coming from nine world records in both the two and four man events. I'm coming from 10 years of intense competition with the best athletes in the world. That's a hell of a place to be coming from. You see, Sanka, the driver has to work harder than anyone. He's the first to show up and the last to leave. When his teammates are all out drinking beer, he's up in his room studying pictures of turns. You see, a driver must remain focused 100% at all times. Not only is he responsible for knowing every inch of every course he races, He's also responsible for the lives of the other three people in his sled. Now, do you want that responsibility? I say we make the reason to drive. Hey, everyone. We are back. The Super Bowl edition of the Download Podcast Show and the Olympic edition, which is more important because of the film that we're doing today. I am Darren Jenkins. I and I are Chris Sanders. And on today's show, we are doing Cool Runnings of 1993 film. Yeah, okay. For those of you, if you have who are just listening to this podcast, I urge you to watch the video of this when it comes out so you can see my co-host wearing his, what can only be described as severe dreadlock syndrome headlock um wig and a straight out of jamaica t-shirt um everything everything area you know how you doing my youth yeah okay anyway um i'm gonna read the synopsis for jamaican bobsledders dream of competing in the winter olympics despite never having seen snow with the help of a disgraced former champion desperate to redeem himself uh the jamaicans set out to become worthy of olympic selection and go all out for glory directed by john Turtle Taub in 1993, starring Leon Robinson, Dougie Doug, Raul D. Lewis, Malik Yoba, Raymond J. Barry, and the immortal John Candy. With music, this, I was like, I had to read this twice. With music by Hans Zimmer. I mean, legend. That's like calling in Michael Jordan to play on your. Your your pickup game, I mean he they came strong with the to the hoop for that. Um, budget was only seventeen million, and this was also this also shocked me too. Um, it made one hundred and fifty four million dollars. I that shock you because I don't recall this movie being that big when it came out, um, but. You know, it was a long time ago, so I, you know, maybe I just don't recall uh, the fervor of that was th- this was met with. It was kind of a big film, though. It was actually a pretty big film. I mean, it's it's Disney, first of all. 
So yeah. you throw that in the mix, it's already going to be these pretty big. Um, not huge name. I mean, John Candy is the biggest name in this. That probably drove a lot of it. And yeah. you know what? Like, Jamaica has always had this aura. So if you do something, a movie about, you know, Jamaicans and, and then you add Olympics to it, it had a lot of things, a lot of elements that um, yeah. caused that to happen. And it's, I mean, like to, 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 to the movie's point, this is something like, what? Wait, like Jamaica wants to be in the Olympics for bobsledding? It's crazy. Right. That, I mean, you know, yeah, that's, 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 that's probably the biggest, <laughs> yeah, the biggest draws. Like, I mean, well, there's quotes later on that probably exemplify that a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into that later. Um, but seven, seven out of 10 on IMDb, 76% from the critics, 81% from the audience for Rotten Tomatoes. So it, it's got some good responses yeah. there. Considering, like, you know, their pension for not giving good ratings. This got a pretty decent rating for them. Yeah. Um, at the at the time, IMDb trivia, the biggest, the highest grossing live action film released under the Walt Disney Pictures banner. Now that is clearly uh, not yeah, <laughs> clearly that's not the same now. But they walked past that a, a while ago. But still, yeah. there's still, I mean, it's still in the conversation. It's still on that list, man. You can't you know, I, ignore it. So I'm, I'm taking off the wig. I can't, I can't do this the whole show. This thing is hot yeah. as hell and itchy yeah. as hell. Where I would ask where you got it from, but I don't want to know. Uh, yeah, you do. You you probably missing some hair, huh? No, not at all. Definitely not after seeing that wig. <laughs> I think it looks pretty good on me, you know. Good one, though. Um, um, I'll stick with my straight out of Jamaica t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, so thoughts on this movie Got, uh, kicking on this, you know, in the beginning of this? You're going you gonna to start it with me. I'm half Jamaican. Watch yeah. this shit like every year when I was <laughs> not at home, not in New York with my mom, like in in like wherever my dad was staying. Right. So like mostly in Belgium, we would probably watch this every year. I would go visit him. So let's get out the way. Um, yep. None of the four leads, we'll say five because John Candy, but none of the four leads who are supposed to be Jamaican are Jamaican, the actors. Right. Yep. Let's just get past that. Today, and... that would be like, like, oh, you know, so let's get past that. And this is a very enjoyable, entertaining movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It, 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 I haven't watched it in a while, which is surprising, but I probably did not need to watch this film to prepare for this. I've, I've, it's possibly my most watched film. I, I am pretty positive i either either this was my first time seeing it or i haven't seen it since it came out maybe because i there were pieces of this that i did not remember so <sighs> i'm gonna i'm just gonna go move on to the next thing i don't know i just took all the i just out of I tried to put i tried to put it out there to see what you would do <laughs> well I had some energy going into this and I've lost all of it. Uh, let's just get through this. Um, oh, get out of here. <laughs> uh, well, let's get, we can inject the energy back in because this, you know, we usually talk about the film first and then the soundtrack. I mean, this opens right. up with, with music. You get the, like the, the hero shot yep. of the, the main character doing what he loves um, with this awesome track. I mean, I have this on my, spotify playlist um and 
uh, the song by Wailing Souls. They have four songs on the soundtrack, right. uh, but it starts out with Love You Want. This is just a fun, energetic reggae track. Right. Um, and it just feels good with, with this opening scene that they're showing you, showing him like, you know, these kids are setting up a, a, a track for him. And then he he sprints, and then he does his like morning jog, and uh, and then we go over you know to other parts of the island where we're meeting like Sanka, so Doris, yep. the main character, and we meet his like sidekick Sanka, and uh, and then the Olympic trial or his well the push, the push cart derby, and then the Olympic trials, and all of a sudden it moves pretty s- smoothly. A lot of that is helped by the the music. Yeah. And it was, yeah, that and it, it, you're right. It was a nice way to start. It was kind of like, um, it had this, um, it very much felt like I was spending the morning in Jamaica. That you know, it was very just from the music to to how they shot the scene and and you know, kind of introducing you to this this obviously very likable dude. Um, uh, if, if you've never been to Jamaica, this was a nice introduction to, to, um, to, to the setting that, and, you know, it also kind of set the tone for his hunger for being in the Olympics, Mm -hmm. which is the whole driver um, for this whole movie. And, uh, and, and they, they shot in Jamaica, um, in Ocho Rios and Kingston, which is great. You know, it's not like some studio lot or some other right. or Miami or something place. like yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm glad they don't say. And then, of course, when they go to the Olympics, they shot in um, Calgary. Yep. So, as much as there are very a lot of inaccuracies in this film, <laughs> I looked yeah. up a lot of stuff and like they took some liberties. They got a lot of liberties, but it, it, the liberties they took definitely helped the film be right. dramatic be like effective so I'm, I'm fine with it it's a disney film it's it's mostly fictitious um so it's cool yeah. what's um, uh are there was there any um uh liberties that you were surprised at um i guess not because nothing comes to mind i don't think i really wrote down the stuff um one of them was just like you know later on in the film um when they get to Calgary, they're they're met with like disdain by the other oh, right. um, countries, and apparently that was false. In '86, right. they came in; people were very welcoming of the Jamaican national team, and they uh, even a team actually lent them a sled. I remember move. that. I yeah. remember that. So, you know, but you know, but if you, if if it did it that way, this, the movie's not as interesting, right? So, right, right. You gotta yeah, have. No, uh, you gotta conflict. have some kind of conflict or an enemy or a bad guy or you know. So you know, it, the original story is probably pretty boring, aside from the fact that you have Jamaica there for the first time in the Winter yeah. Olympics, right? Um, yeah. This is a. I mean, so as I said, we do transition. We meet these main characters pretty quickly, from Doris to Sanka's pushcart derby to the trials, where we meet the other two bobsledders who are sprinters. Right. Uh, that might be my first what the fuck moment is Junior Bevel tripping them up yeah in the trial like I'm going straight to the soundtrack what the fuck moments there's probably some quotes coming out of here really quickly it's all gonna blend together but um, um and then once they are disqualified from the sprints from Summer Olympics then we're moved 
almost immediately to meeting John Candy. So it moves so smoothly, so quickly. There's, there's no not a lot of lulls in this film, if at yeah. All. Well, um, it's pretty. It's actually. I mean, we're so used to like these fucking three-hour movies now that we yeah. forgot that movies used to take place in an hour and forty, hour and fifty minutes. Yeah, like two hours used to be long. You know? Yeah. Um, and then so we get to John Candy. Yep. Uh, Irv Blitzer. Yeah. Um, rest in peace. This was his last, re- the last film released before he died. Yeah. Which uh, I I couldn't say I remembered that. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Because I grew up on John Candy. <laughs> yeah, John Candy. Rest in peace. He was he was. Was it the Great was, Outdoors? Trains, planes, automobiles. Yeah, one of my he favorite was, films. He was he was in Home Alone. Like Uncle yeah. Buck. Like all these straight yeah. up boys, cool runnings. Um. Yeah, and then uh, this is a different role for him. Yeah, I was I was thinking that same too. As I'm watching it, they didn't go over the, like this was not the John Candy that we are so used to seeing, like these big personality dude. He was you could see him kind of like pull it back some and dial up the the, the dramatic John Candy. Well, it's it, the thing is like right, he's usually this you know bubbly, happy go lucky, usually a little annoying guy. Uh, in most of the films, and then this one is very cynical, like, you know, well, based on the story, like, he gets caught in, what, the 80, like, the 68, 68? Yeah. 68. Olympics for cheating, which is also fabricated. Apparently, you're allowed to add weight to the yeah. the bobsled to Balance make it, it there, to, to get it in, in the weight range it's supposed to be, right. but whatever. Um, so, you know, a guy that's been worn down by years of you know, well, guilt, um, being chastised for what he did, all that stuff. And he, it's funny because I always talk about how comedians make some of the best actors. And we've seen that with like Robin Williams. I think even Jim Carrey's had some really great roles. Um, uh, Steve. Steve Martin? No, no, The Office, Steve. Oh, um, I I forget his name. Steve Carell. Yeah. Um, this was probably one of his first roles. Like, if he had not have died, he probably have gone like most comedians go in that direction where they want to do something a little more serious. And this was a great start. Yeah, uh, and you know, I can't imagine what we would have seen later on if he had uh, if he had passed away. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this definitely would have been his transition movie into like more serious roles. Which, yeah, it would have been cool to see him do that. So, you know. But which leads me to my first, you know, I love the film, love the film, but I always got these days looking at stuff with critical eyes. Mm. How this dude living in Jamaica and looks so damn pasty. Well, I, I, you know, suntan block. I don't know. Cause I feel like that's impossible. He spends all his time in that little bar. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's just in that bar the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, should we let that one slide? Um, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, um, in that particular bar, Doris and Sanka, who have decided we're going to try and start a, a bobsled team, 
go and try and find him and he's wants nothing to do with it which is a funny scene they always have like the music in the back it's like it's like this happy music but you're seeing this like rundown cynical guy and these two like jamaican well one bobsled or one push cart guy um trying to convince him to you know get on for the winter olympics and he's clearly not having it yeah he was he was actually really good he was that was such a fun scene to see him do you know because you don't again you don't see him do this kind of like darkish dude who's like ain't having it kind of dude and um yeah it was it, it was it was funny it was funny and also um you know a little tense and a little intense there for for those two dudes. I actually like if you don't know how the story ends, you know if you don't know about the story of the the, the official story of the Olympics, I would have just guessed at that moment. Well, I guess this movie's over. I mean, he's not doing it. So yeah, I mean, th- this movie is so quotable uh, that I ch- I try really hard to hold back. Um, this is one of the scenes where it's just like. He's when they when they come in to the bar and see him, he's listening to the to a horse race. Oh yeah. And he's bet on the horse that is eventually gonna lose. And that he's was like, terrible. He's like, come on, Snowflake, come on. I think it was Snowflake. Snowflake. No, Snowflake, no. And then he like walks over and like measures up a cue stick <laughs> from the pool table and then like destroys the radio because the radio is saying like what hope what more on whatever bet what? on, on snowflake you'd have to be an idiot to bet yeah. on this horse and he's like <laughs> shut up shut up and smashes the radio and then as the Doris and uh, Sanka come to ask him to join to start it you know, be their coach he's he walks over <laughs> To the pool table measures up another cue and, and sanka's like remember what he did to the radio and then they run out there's <laughs> <laughs> some really funny just like i mean it's it's definitely like kids can watch this probably i mean it's disney it's more more geared towards kids but it's the live action and like this real yeah. story so you know you get a good balance for people of all ages yeah it was uh it's def- definitely has that <laughs> i want i'm I don't want to say it definitely has this D- the Disney feel to it because I feel like this almost is like the precursor to some of the stuff they're doing now. Like, like they're where they're doing a Disney product that adults and kids could watch. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to like maybe the, like the seventies and eighties where it was either adult or it was either kids, you know? So it was kind of like, they were like, let's, let's see what we can do with John Candy. Yeah. I mean, cause even, yeah, I mean, it's like, again, like you're, you're doing this Disney film, but it's a darker role for John Cat Candy, which is, you know, strange. I mean, this could be the this prototype for what they're doing now, but let's see, uh, hmm. you know, even a movie like mighty ducks, when did that come out? Uh, 92 okay so that came out before this this is 96 yeah. or 95 right so 93. You know, oh this is just a year after yeah but even like mighty ducks like there's there's no deep there's not really a dark side to that i can't remember why the coach of that has to quit and like oh, I forget. He's, he's like a hockey coach or a hockey player and he has to like go coach the kids yeah maybe that that reason was a little dark but mm. you know it's pretty straightforward yeah because a, a, a few tweaks to this film and it could 
easily have turned into a very dark film. <laughs> you know, a few yeah. just a few tweaks, you could you would have made a a project that you know George Clooney could have would have stepped into the one of the judges' roles, and you know. Well, but if you if you like if you do a prequel to this for Irv Blitzer, like that sounds yeah. like a dark ass film to me. Yeah, yeah. Like what's what drives him to cheat and like that, like his insecurity would lose him, like and focus on winning and all that shit. Like that could be something. Damn, Chris, man, you're coming up with a movie that maybe we should, you know, <laughs> talk to Disney about putting that because they're doing like the Maleficent movies and whatnot. Why not do like a you know a dark version of the of of his story? Yeah, we we can see why the Mighty Ducks coach <laughs> 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 see his story first too. Um and I really like, you know, again, prefacing this all with the fact that these are not Jamaican actors. I really like how uh, Dougie Doug played the Sankra role. Mm. Um, there, I mean, it just, it's, I don't think, I, again, you get stuck on this particular actor. I don't think anyone else could have done it better. Like, he just fit really well. It was just, it seemed like, you don't, I'm not thinking Dougie Doug. I'm thinking this is Sanka, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was, he was, he, he, um, he was good. He was like, um, he was a, he was a nice refreshing break in the, in the, like, I think without having him on the, in it, it changes a little bit, like the tone of the film a little bit. He kind of provided a little bit of like this levity to all of the moments, um, but it wasn't over the top. It it didn't like, like yo. Oh God, this guy's so annoying. It was just enough. Well, yeah, but it's, it's like it's like a real person that like adding that levity to like certain tense situations, um, particularly when they have the the first bobsled meeting and everyone else leaves after seeing the highlight or the low light reel of like the yeah. sled crashes, and then that was fun. Junior. Uh, Yule Brenner comes in and then Junior comes in and they're, they're you know, Yule is still upset that he tripped him up and during the race and it's it's Sanka who's like cracking jokes and like, he's like, how about I beat your butt? How about I to draw a down, line down your head and make it look like right. a butt? Stuff like that. Just to release the tension. <laughs> um, yeah. And he does that throughout the film. But then he ends up being like that pivotal moment in the film yeah the, the, the person like the, the voice of reason and like truth and seriousness so it's, yeah. it's cool how they did that yeah um i know we skipped over this but i'm really curious yul brenner yul fucking brent yul brenner it was intentional <laughs> they were yul playing brenner. off of yul brenner or Brent, well, Brenner. This is yeah. Brenner. Brenner is like with some old actors. Yul Brenner is one of the dopest actors of all time. He he was in the original Magnificent Seven and uh, Westworld. He was in Westworld. Was yeah, he's Westworld? the he was the um, lead bad dude in that. He was a dope. You got to see it. It's dope. It's what? absolutely dope. Oh, oh, oh! I'm thinking of the, the show, the HBO show. Ah, yeah. So, um, and the reason why I mention it is because one time when I was at a Chinese restaurant ordering food, and uh, there was a little old lady behind the counter who I guess she must have owned the restaurant and she comes out and she goes you look like your Brenner I'm like so now I'm trying to think is she thinking about cool runnings 
or is she thinking about the actual actor? Because I, mm. I didn't ever get the clarification because it didn't put two and two together. Or does she think Yul Brenner is Damon Wayans? Or, or I could do the show myself. And <laughs> you, could, you could try. <laughs> try do it. Yeah, um, whatever. Have fun talking to yourself. <laughs> I do it all the time. It's okay. Um, <laughs> apparently, hmm. uh, Dougie Doug still has the lucky eggs. Oh, really? They're, they're made of rubber. They're not real eggs. <laughs> oh. Okay. From the film, so well, you know, I, I mean that means he was into it, and you can tell from his performance he enjoyed yeah. the whole experience. Yeah, um, yeah, that was. So I wrote, I wrote this down. Um, there's a scene where Irv goes to the the head of the Olympic Committee or whatever the Jamaican Olympic Committee to ask, mm. uh, you know, to ask for money for the uh for them to go to the, the winter olympics and the guy says we you know we don't have the money and essentially turns him down and then like i'm rooting for the team I'm, I'm rooting for them to like you know train well make it to the olympics do well maybe win but when irv starts getting pushy with the dude yeah i was like yo this ain't your country man what, what are you doing yeah are you gonna come in here and tell this dude what to do with his money so i, I, I turn me off a bit turn me off a little bit well, I mean, but you're not supposed to love her, right? Right, exactly. You're supposed to, you know, bear him, I guess, you know. So, uh, and also, he, he's the, he, you know, like, I think the one thing about the Olympics that people, and you probably know this as an athlete, it, your manager, man, your coach, um, if it's a good coach, they will fight tooth and nail for you. Um, you know, even when in times when they obviously are wrong, um, they it's just it's just another level of personality that you have to have when you're coaching an Olympic team. And I I, I think that was to your point. You know, like you always make this. You, you always mentioned about the little things about an actor and the little things about a performance. And I think that was kind of one of those little things that he was like, if I was an Olympic coach trying to get a team that was already behind the eight ball into the Olympics, how far would I go? Yeah. I mean, just like sports in general, right there, they'll right. Yeah. Coaches will publicly usually push, you know, for their player then behind closed door like you know that, that's when you know they do <laughs> the manipulation that's, that's and do, the yeah that's how you negotiations do negotiations like, but even like if like you know again if like uh we see that a lot today like if a player does something clearly wrong the coach will be probably should publicly be like hey listen we're, we're a team uh right. he was upset with the way you know blah 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 and then behind closed doors like hey asshole don't do that shit again yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, James Harden. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse oh, me. Plenty of folks. <laughs> um, but then we go. So they get turned down for funds from the Olympic Committee, and then they go on their own fundraising campaign. Right. Which another another disparity. Like Jamaica did pay for them to go to the Olympics. Like, yeah, it wasn't an issue again. But that's not interesting. And I, I, I love the fundraising scene. <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. Uh, Especially all the scenes of all the people laughing at them. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Th those are the best laughs I've ever heard in my life. 
Yeah. They're so good. Between that and Steve Carell. Steve Carell is really good at fake laughing. Yeah. He's very good at it. Uh, these were great. Like, unadulterated, uncontrollable. Like... <laughs> Like how ridiculous! Po- po- pointing at the pointing yeah. at them like <laughs> <laughs> we're raising money to start the first Jamaican national bobsled team. And you kind of like pause. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So you got you got Therese going around looking for you know donors, and then you got Yule arm wrestling. Yeah. For money, and then losing to this big big gal. Yep. And then Doris and Sanka doing a kissing booth for money. And then like his girl, his wife comes and uh, mm. drags him away. And then um and then you've got the the singing. Yeah. The the Sanka's busking, which is uh, I would call that iconic. A busking. Yeah. The, the bobsled song is iconic. Oh yeah. And for yeah, those of y'all that don't know how it goes. Enough people say they know they can't believe Jamaica we got a bobsled team. Enough people say they know they can't believe Jamaica we got a bobsled team. We got the Wanderers and the One June. All right, I'll stop there. But um, you should do that next time you perform. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> it's not off the tape. Yeah, that that was definitely an iconic cinematic moment, and uh, of course he didn't raise any real money but uh you know (laughs) well that was a funny thing that was a funny thing (laughs) when they they all come and start pulling their money and seeing how much they made they go sanka how did the street singing go and he gets up like like insulted like how did it go it went like this (laughs) (laughs) again like like such a great injection of humor right there Um, by the way, where did I, where did I write this down? Um, did you look up the other people that were considered for the roles of the, uh, four boss letters? No. Um, oh, here we go. As Doris, Denzel Washington. For what? For Denzel, for, for, Really? Yes, as Sanka, oh, Eddie Murphy, Yule Brenner, Wesley Snipes, and Junior Bevel, Marlon Wayans. And that will, hmm. that is what we're replacing one of our final questions with today. We'll get there later. Okay. But damn. Um, I think the, at least That's Denzel and Eddie turned it down for lack of money. Which is, I guess, I don't know. It's early, early Disney. I guess they might not have had those funds. Yeah, maybe they, um, didn't wanna, they had a budget they didn't want to go past, probably. But uh, okay, so then we get the fundraising, and Junior Bevel just says, hey, "I sold my car. Here we go." Yep. Interesting. Um, they and they build this uh, relationship with his father earlier. Like he tried to sprint, he failed. His father's like, "All right, enough of this foolishness." I got you a job at a, a, a legal firm, and then he now he wants to be a bobsledder. So he sells right. his car without telling his dad, and pays essentially for their well, at least some of their expenses. Yep. And then we're off to Calgary. That scene, 
the scene them coming out of the airport though though oh my god <laughs> dude every time i fly from well jamaica but a warm climate yep to a cold climate i yep. think of this this scene it is absolutely hilarious it is so good uh with like irv just strolling out of the airport with the four bobsledders behind him and then I, the filming there right yep <laughs> they go with her for a little bit and then they don't see the you don't the, see him cut the door come out <laughs> and then they pan back and they're all just frozen in place with the, the cold air blowing on them like uh, and you could just you see what they're wearing mm-hmm. and you're like oh no <laughs> yeah yeah um and you know so you know one thing i do have to talk about is like you know okay representation of jamaicans and for a long time i was like man they're wearing these colorful clothes and you're in this bar in jamaica and everything's painted colorful and like you're like (sighs) now obviously not all jamaicans are like this but yes there are jamaicans that walk around with these colorful ass clothes and a lot of the bars like the shack looking bars are painted with these different colors right so yeah, it's not it's not a terrible terrible rendition of the Jamaican culture. It's not it's not a hundred percent wrong. Let's just put it that way. Oh, okay. So um, there's there's some little bit of truth in there. Yeah, a little. Bit. Okay. Um, and then I, again, like this movie moves so smoothly. Uh, it's crazy because we've you and I have been talking about this, hmm. and we're like halfway through the movie um and that's us taking like the detours on the on the way here but um we get to calgary and now now we're we're meeting other characters that are playing important role here like villain number one kurt hemphill yeah um herb's old coach who he when he cheated that's this was the coach this guy's in there for three scenes pretty much yeah and you, you, are, you, you feel don't like him. Yeah. It, it, he didn't have to do any more than that. And that's, I don't know. I don't know. I think I've seen this guy in any other movies, but. Oh, I've seen him in a ton of things. And he plays terrible people almost in all of them. <laughs> Maybe he's a terrible person. Um, and then, oh, then they get to, <laughs> and he has to ask one of his old teammates for a sled because they don't have one. Right. <laughs> Uh, oh. That was. Is that is like, that a what the fuck moment? Is that a... well, it's a what the fuck moment only in that he kind of runs into him by accident. So yeah. what was his plan before he ran but, into him? Maybe he knew they were gonna be there. Maybe I guess. But, but again, in real life, I guess they didn't have a sled because another team yeah. lent them a sled. I don't know if it was a practice sled or but what. So I think it was a yeah. practice sled, and that's real. I can. I mean they. It's Jamaica. Why would they have a why would they have a bobsled? Seriously. But that but but you you have to <laughs> you're going to the Olympics. You gotta have a sled. Like, yeah, know. no. But um and then uh did you notice the other what the fuck moment? There's a couple, but which one are you talking about? Remember when they're get, getting their lice their lice eggs, their ice uh, ice legs? They're they're in that little rink and they got the oh. special shoes and they're, and they're all falling down and shit. Yeah. What is the team that comes out on the ice for their practice? The hockey team isn't it the there. isn't it the Russian team? Yes. Yeah. The jersey says CCCP. CCCP? USSR. 
Yeah, like, were were they still together at that time? I guess they were. Yeah, well, the movie came out in ninety four, ninety three. I can't four, but um, but this is based on the eighty six Olympics. So that's before. Uh, so yeah, eighty nine so to ninety one is really when the USSR Soviet Union fell. Oh, so. that's interesting. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> maybe maybe not the, the movie. Like, if they were going to put this on TV, I'm not sure you want to put this on TV, right? Just right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's not even get into that. Um, yeah. Maybe Rocky Four. We'll put Rocky Four. Rocky Four. Piece the shit out of it. <laughs> um, and then we meet villain two, yep. Josef Gruel, the he Swiss plays- captain. He plays good bad guys, man. I, I couldn't tell you if I've seen him in another movie either. He's been in a few things as well. Um, I, off the top of my head, he's oh, he was in um. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he he appears in a couple of episodes of the X Files and. Oh really? Yeah, he's he's been in, he's been a bad guy in a bunch of movies. Um, oh man, I, I need to continue watching the X Files. Let me see. Peter Outerbridge is his name. He was in Saw. Um, what? Let's see. Uh, Lucky number Slevin, he was in that? Yeah, he was in them. Yeah. What? I mean, he's, he was in stuff last year. Yeah, he was in he's in Batwoman. Oh, my goodness. He's in a lot of stuff, dude. He's a, he's a pretty well-known character actor. Dude. Almost all, almost always bad guys. Sometimes you'll play like an FBI agent somewhere or something, you know, because he has that look. You know what I mean? So kind of like I'm an asshole. It could go either way of whether I'm a good one or a bad one. So oh, he was in a wow. He was in Highlander, this TV series. Oh, that I didn't know. I don't remember him in that either. Maybe I haven't gotten there. I've been watching that. So. Oh. Okay. Um, I love I love Duncan McLeod of the Clown McLeod. Are you crazy? It's a great show. Sure, it's good. It's not bad. It's great. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing any other stuff. I re- oh, he was in Monk. I used to love Monk. Monk, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, I, I do not remember seeing this guy. So, uh, but he does well in this film. Yeah, really good. Um, <clears throat> Trivia. I have some more trivia. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, this is a great one because we're talking about the Swiss, uh, the Swiss captain. Okay. So I looked this up and I had to rewind once I read it to that, but it's not forty. It says forty-two minutes in. It's a little like forty-five minutes into the film. Right. The sound of a Tie Fighter can be heard as the Swiss sled goes down the track. That was like one corner that they go around. Really. So you hear, you hear, uh, oh wow. Okay. Which is very like a premonition almost to Disney buying oh. Lucasfilms and owning Star Wars. It's, I I thought it was very interesting. I wonder why they like why they did they do that on purpose? I I don't know because or maybe they, they used it? it for like they actually used it for sound. So they they, they should have used the. Uh, when they were showing the highlights of the bobsleds crashing earlier on, mm. they should have used like the the classic um, stormtrooper, like getting shot or falling, like ah! like they should have oh. used that sound of them flying off the track. That's just wrong. <laughs> Poor stormtroopers don't get no love. Uh, he's got some love. I just mentioned them. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then we 
get to the country the the country bar scene yeah that was uh which is like gruel's second scene yeah hey jamaica (laughs) yeah man i could just see somebody using that as like a derogatory term yeah what did you say jamaica speak loud speak up um mm. which which leads to like another i feel like iconic maybe it's just iconic for me because i've watched this. maybe i'm the only person that yeah probably like that seven out of ten is probably the ten people that have watched this film me my <laughs> brothers and like a couple other people but um for me it's iconic which is the during this bar scene uh it's right after junior's father comes to or sends him a letter saying he wants him to come home yeah and he's like having a beer complaining and like slamming this thing down and gruel comes over he's like, hey jamaica quiet down we're trying to have drinks here and then he backs down and then uh yule drags him to the bathroom to give him this this iconic pe- speech to me yeah like, i see pride i see poor i see a badass mother that don't take no crap off of nobody by the way badass mother disney film say what this is a Disney film. Badass, ass, and mother. That oh, means motherfucker. Close. Yeah. Oh, it's dangerously close, my friend. It was it's the 90s at that point. Why is he calling him a badass mother? What's what's a mother? That's what I would ask. I'll be asking. My favorite part of that whole thing was toward the end of it. And he he just he storms out the bathroom. He's like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Where <are> you going?" <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, and then there's a whole, and he goes and confronts the gruel. Gruel. That's such who, a terrible name. Who then like just pushes him to the ground. Well, that pep talk didn't work great. Yeah. But I do like you know, speak up, Jamaica. And then it pan. So you see uh, Yul Brenner's feet come into the scene. They pan up, and he's like. No problem, man. And he just decks him like, yeah. That's a dope scene. That's a very satisfying scene. Mm. Yeah. And and no problem being something that everyone would know about Jamaica. <laughs> it's like their yeah. tagline. And uh, you know, uh, Malik Yoba, man. I mean, we we don't talk about Malik a lot, but he was. He was balling in the 90s. He was straight I always balling. say NYPD Blue, but it's something else. New York Undercover. Yeah. I'm I watching it now. I, I used to watch that. I don't remember. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. John Leguizamo wasn't in that, was he? No, it was... Um, uh, what's the other dude's name? I can't remember. Um, it is... Michael DiLorenzo. Yeah. So, and Patty D'Arvinville. He was he was balling oh, in the 90s. That guy, Michael DiLorenzo. Yes. Yeah. For him. Yeah. He was- um, yeah, you'll, I mean, look, well, first of all, probably the better of the Jamaican accents from these non Jamaicans. Hmm. Well, definitely out of the four, the best Jamaican accent. Hmm. So I'll give him that. Um, oh, I have another uh, quick what the fuck mention. Go for it. Line dancing. Yeah, I think that should just be a universal thing across every movie and every every experience. Like you, that should just be assumed. <laughs> okay, so I won't mention this again, but because I had to mention it this time, especially if there are, there's a black man involved. <laughs> The f- that's more of a get the f- out of here. Also, 
Anis Anis pointed it out. Like hey, we're in Canada. Yeah, we're that's another the country thing. bar. <laughs> what? Like, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know. They, there are probably some country people up there on along the border, like in Van. You know, I mean, so. there's a lot of country out there, but like when you think country, it's very much a, an American thing, right? The old yeah. West, cowboy hats, and all that. Well, in that case, then there shouldn't have been a fight either. It's Canada. Come on, yeah, they're, they're not. They're so nice. Right? They probably like. Let's talk but, it out. But it, yeah, it would just be the Jamaicans and the Swiss fighting. Everyone just be laughing. <laughs> Come on, here, guys, stop. Cut hey. it out. We're all friends here. Um, yeah, man. Like dramatically. Just yep. overall talking about this film, mm-hmm. um, the progression is great. Like um, just going from not knowing what Bob uh, a bobsled is, not knowing about the sport, g- getting a push cart, using a push cart to train, and then going to qualifying where they're using this hand-me-down bobsled to qualifying In to three months being disqualified. Um, and then yeah. you know, so they they qualify um, even after they lower the qualifying time right before they get on the track. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's a really a lot of cool, unrealistic but really cool dramatic elements. Yeah, um, and then they're disqualified, and then the John Candy speech, right? Uh, which talk about quotable stuff. Hmm. Yeah. So he interrupts the uh, uh, Olympic committee, whatever, Winter Olympic yeah. Committee meeting to protest this uh, disqualification and just like lays it out. Oh, to, to what you said before. Oh, damn it. I'm trying to now I'm trying to remember what you said, but I was making a connection to, oh, about why this movie was so successful. And like, right. you know, Jamaica and in, in Olymp- Winter Olympics like that's Right a draw in itself um but one of the guys in the committee is like uh we also have to think about the possibility of embarrassment and john candy goes oh i didn't realize that four black guys in that bobsled could make you blush oh again disney film yeah so he i told you man he was he was straight dialing up his seriousness he was like, like Click, 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 dude, dude, click. We're, we're, we're protesting teaching black history in, t- in schools right now. You think this would fly right now? That line? Oof, I don't know. Uh, uh, yes, and only because, but but they would like because it's not promoted as the the woke scene in the movie, right? <laughs> um. I just, I'm again, like, right. I said, I'm intertwining music and what the fuck moments and now quotes because, like, this one had a couple more. Like, they've right. done everything you've asked of them and they've done it with you laughing in their faces. Like, yep. Beautiful. And then, like, the final, like, this final, like, walkout 16 years ago, I forgot that. Don't you go doing the same. Yep. And the, it's just delivery there. Like, everything about every, every line of that speech was delivered perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the facial it expressions very much. So I thought it was um, like, I, you know, in that moment, you've got to think whatever he says has to be game changing, right? Because these this table of white dudes didn't have any reason to to be. I mean, they, 
they it's kind of like a couple of what the fuck moments in, in in the movie for me was when they kept changing the times for them to qualify and i was just like so it was almost like these guys were working against them the whole movie and then they said you know what fuck it just just you're just not in we just we're just going to change the rules yeah completely. i mean you know? I mean, when they first got there, it was like, they, they, they tell him the qualifying time. He's like, oh, it used to be this. All right. So, yes, progression, national progression of a sport. You know, right. Right. So, you accept that. Faster athletes, athletes get more athletic. And, okay. Then they change the qualifying time lower, faster from like 103 to one flat. Right. Which is a lot. Three seconds is a lot of time. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and then the reason they try to disqualify is because they hadn't uh, – uh, International uh, competition. Uh, international competition within the Olympic year, right? And he and he says, "Well, within Olympic year, the tr- the trial trials counts as a qualifying." And I said, "That is that was true until recently, oh, until until like about right, right. thirty minutes ago." <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they they try to do them dirty, and yeah. but the, this speech, like I can, which believe, makes like, it much more impactful. That's why I was like. Mm-hmm. Whatever he did was going to have to come. He was going to have to bring his A game. He did it. He did it. He, you know, like you, there's nothing that they could argue nothing from that, you know, at all. So it was dope. It's almost like, you know, usually you have a movie and you have this like, this uh, uh, like es- escalation. Right. Okay. We're going somewhere. Oh, it's getting like, and then you have this like, you have that low point. And then it comes back up. This one was like a roller coaster. Roller coaster. Like, shit kept on like, oh, no. Like, I'm a sprinter. I'm going to do well. Oh, I got tripped up. Oh, let's do a bobsledding. Oh, they're not going to pay for it. Oh, we're we, we going to do some fundraising. Oh, we didn't we make enough. Money. And someone yeah. gave me money. And then, like, right. we don't have a bobsled. Oh, we got one. Qualifying hmm. time. Like, always. It's, it's up it and down. It was a lot like a bobsled. Uh, it's like like a bobsled. Ooh, maybe that was intentional. Maybe yeah, that was maybe. intentional. Maybe Ooh, I like that. I like that. Let's talk to uh, uh, the director. Well, actually, no, we talked to the writer, right? Yeah, the writer. I don't know. We have Lynn Seifert, Michael Ritchie, and Tommy Swerdlow. Mm. Well, good job, you guys. Screenplay. Yeah, it, it just it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Um, and then here's another low. They He makes this big speech. Uh. They get back in, and then junior's father shows up yeah let me give a shout out to this guy (laughs) he is also in the film like four scenes two of them are like very brief right so he comes to calgary from jamaica to get his son take him back um this i love this scene um he keeps so the, the the dynamic here is that his father is the dominant person here uh Junior is very timid and he gets pushed around. And that's why they had to have that speech. Yulbrand had to give him that speech. Yep. And his father is trying to bulldoze him again. And he's like, just pack your box. I'll meet you in the lobby. And this is, a, he wasn't the best actor, uh, Junior. Right. right. But it worked for this scene. So he's like dipping his head and you hear him go as the elevator is closing. Pride, power. And he stops the door from closing. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Right. Now, the guy that plays his father, Charles Hyatt. Charles Hyatt, yep. Um, wow. Um, again, with so little screen time, once uh, Junior tells him that he's not going anywhere, 
he does this thing where he's trying to say something. Right. He's just, uh, but he can't think of the way. And he just gives up. And then as the door is closing, he, he just like grabs his head, drops his head. That was so effective. It was, again, subtlety. I always talk about this. Yeah. He did more in that scene than probably Junior did in the whole movie, <laughs> acting wise. Well, that's the best part of the, I think one of the best parts of this film is the, the various people who are only in the film for moments at a time, but you still feel their impact across the film, not just in that scene, but throughout the film, you kind of are you, like, you're always waiting for the father to show up again somewhere. And he shows up in the telegram and he, you know, he comes to the hotel, he, you know, so <clears throat> they did a good job of kind of not only writing the, 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 the scenes, but also the actors then taking that, and carrying the the moments the right way because it could have just been lost. And also, Charles Hyatt is actually Jamaican. Oh, there you go. So, Booyah Shaka. And then, quick shout out to Al Troutwig, who's one of the commentators. Oh during yeah, the, uh, during the Olympics, <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, it was old school, old school announcer man. Yeah, was back. I think he was um, actually announcing the Olympics that year. That that what was the Olympics in ninety? I think it was ninety. Right, it would have been ninety. These the that they're doing that they're the um, in? no the the actual Olympics. Uh, it was the way they had the Winter Olympics was uh, eighty. 89 or I think 86 87 86 yeah I, actually I'm, I'm um I know 86 is a summer Olympics maybe it's uh 90 90 it was 90 I believe um and then uh you, you gotta you gotta love after their so they do their first run and it's horrific yeah their first terrible the first run the comp- actual competition and they do their second one and they get better like crush you know, it that, they go from using the Swiss eyes, fly dry, start to feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up. It's bobsled time. I, another iconic one. Yeah. Uh, but they have an amazing second run. And I love, um, I think it's Al Troutwig is like commenting. He's like, where did these guys come from? And then they go to the this bar in Jamaica and everyone's like, Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help but smile <laughs> when I see that. <laughs> Every time, and the yeah. music, Hans Zimmer during during their run, yeah, and then at, after it, oh my god, yeah, it was very um, so good. It felt like he was scoring. It almost felt like he was scoring uh, a Star Wars movie in a lot of ways. It was very big and very just appropriate for the speed of the actual sport, you know. Um, I, I will make a note of i'm not sure how i feel about the um that the heavy use of steel drums <laughs> that he mixed with it yeah i was like ah, i don't know if this was necessary well but like it's almost like under the sea like do we need to do it's a disney film dude you know how they you know um and then the final run. Yep. Um. Uh, it, interesting choice. 
I probably a very good choice, right? Like here are the choices that you would expect. They do really well and metal, metal right. or they just revert back to, I, I don't know what the goal would be for that one in this movie. The choice they made uh, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they kind of told us that they were going to do that in that one scene where um, Irv is talking to um, Therese, you know, and he's like, how do I know when I'm enough? He's like, you'll know when you cross the finish line. And that like in of itself was kind of like would be vague in a lot of ways because it's like, well, if I win, I'm good. Or if I, you know, but the way they ended it told you so much more about how that, like, like why they put that in this moment. Me, I liked it. I would have rather they won, but I think this actually is good because it helps kind of, bring full circle the solidify of this team and their dedication to each other regardless of whether they win or lose you know which i thought was cool well i mean yes i would i would have preferred they won but it doesn't work with like what the message of this film is supposed to be right and you, you have one of the best quotes um from the movie that kind of that's it it's the talk you're talking about with the uh, irv and yep. Therese, which is if you're not enough with it you'll never be enough without it right. speaking of a gold medal so if they win it kind of just defeats the purpose right right <laughs> right right um i also wonder if there's like if they have alternate endings to this i need to look that up if they plus, like an alternate winning uh, alternate ending where they do win plus i mean if you go back throughout the entire film not one time did they say we want to win the olympics they said they wanted to go to the olympics mm -hmm. and that's a very important distinction because um it changes the ending of this movie i mean if if they kept saying we want to win we want to win and they lose then people kind of locked in going well they didn't win but in this matter if you just say they wanted to go they went and they still won technically they won like for their pride. own personal yeah pride and their own personal reasons so winning doesn't always have to come with a medal um yeah can we lock and, and this this whole scene like um Oh, man, so you're coming off the high of a great second run. You come to this third one. The confidence is there. You're, you, you know, now you have your identity, like your Jamaican identity, instead of like using the Swiss one, which was the big speech where Sanka's like, you know, I want to get off the right foot too, but the right foot is not the Swiss foot, right? Like that's where he becomes the catalyst for this team, right? You're thinking like Doris is the leader. He's like, right, arguably the fastest guy out of all of them the, the best athlete right but it's sanka this joker that ends up being the one that like centers them um and so they you know they start the race and I, now they're they're giving you some foresight like oh the, the the connections the bolts are a little loose on the sled so you know oh my god something's gonna happen right for the second time in the film Teresa's wife like notices something did you see that 
<laughs> during the, the first race when the, the Jamaican sprinting trials, mm. she, she like her, she's like excited. And then she's like, <gasps> like yeah. and she's, and the guy fall junior falls and trips them. And then in this, she notices, she's just like, before they even start tilting, she's like, it's <gasps> <laughs> like, what is yeah. he psychic? <laughs> yeah. But, um, they need to have her on. They need to bring her along. Yeah, but the uh, the choice they made is that the 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 bobsled tilts over and they crash before they hit the finish line. Uh, the, this the filming of this. Uh, you get the sunk. Uh, 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 hey, Doris, you did. They they switch it. <laughs> yeah. No, now I have to finish the race. Um, and then the. They film from the perspective of the emergency people running down the ice right. towards the sled from behind them. And you just, and then they get their feet, they're like running one, two steps, slide, you know, all that. I mean, slow motion, like everything about this I love. And then the music, like very foreboding. Right. And then all of a sudden, the emergency workers part and you have you see them. them carrying their bobsled towards the finish line. Yep. And then everything that's happening around them. I mean, you had the cheesy. The slow clap is cheesy, but I don't but, care. It works for me. Yeah. Absolutely works. You got the music. I love, again, um, Charles Hyatt, Jr.'s yep. father. Yep. Like shows his, his uh, Jamaica <laughs> shirt sure. un, under his jacket and the look on his face, the look of pride on his face. All right. Dude, it was a, it was a, a, a one second shot, two second shot of him, and again, got me. Yeah, um, and again I, brings brings everything, brings all the storylines kind of to a conclusion, and um, and and that also shows again to the point of the movie is that the gold medal does not always signify winning. There are other ways to win, and they all, you know, that was that was a nice moment, even if it lasted for a few seconds. Yeah, and, and then we have the our two kind of villains. Uh, yep. Forgot the other guys, but Gruel, the uh, Irv, Irv's former coach, and the Swiss captain joining in and clapping, doing the slow clap, and then uh, after they cross the finish line, you see Derisa and Gruel. Uh, come together and he's like uh, hey jamaica see you in four years and he's like yeah mm -hmm. I, I i can't imagine putting that scene together any better yeah and it's you know perfect disney moment i mean that's a definitely that that mm -hmm. that sequence that lasts you know six minutes or so disney should just sign it off because that they they're like here it is our moment so uh wait we, uh disney moment i guess maybe for the the disney films we should do disney moments oh, instead of what the fuck idea. <laughs> the signature disney moment yeah, yeah we'll that's keep a that in one. the bag for next time okay yeah. this time is the scene um yeah i mean i, I always well up at that last I, I i do i can't i can't lie um i don't well, know if my, you noticed this sorry go ahead my favorite part of that is the the um the photograph on the wall for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. replacing his father and, and Irv. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like like that's you know, that's what we talked about with um you know when they were lowering the qualifying times, like that evolution mm. of the athlete, you know, that's kind of the symbolism and it's also of course that was that individual family line, but also I think in general 
you know, tradition. Yep. Yep. And uh, I don't know know if you saw this other IMDb trivia, which is they actually used footage from from that 1988 uh, Winter Olympics. They actually used footage from that um, cut into, not even cut in. I, I don't even know if they... Yeah, they must have had the the actors actually do some stuff like the push start, but right, right, right. So and again, I was going to say like the sled, the like I know like when you like I think might have been the second run, and I was just like, this looks like a real actual real, Mm -hmm. and I think that was real footage from the actual book because I I remember that sled that sled was dope. Um. Yeah, I mean, so do you have any uh, memorable quotes that you wanted to? Uh, I think. Well, my favorite is obviously the one. Um, oh, damn, my page is frozen. Is the um quote the is the what he um what they say right before every time like um what's what's the you said it was iconic it's the one that uh, feel the rhythm feel the rhyme yeah i love that i absolutely it's, love know, that. it's bobsled time yeah man. that is dope. yeah um and obviously the one that Irv says when you know gold medal is a wonderful thing but if you're not enough with that one you'll never be enough with one it, well, the only thing I'll say about that too here is, and I again I can't say this enough about John Candy. Remember where we started out with him in the beginning of the movie, where he was, and remember where he ends up. You know, what I mean, that's a transition. That's a hell of a transition, dude. That you have to kind of make believable across the film, and. They, he did such a good job of doing that because otherwise it kind of like if you don't understand if you don't make us feel like this dude is gone is really ready to kind of be this mentor to these dudes it becomes it, it like it helps it doesn't help the, the movie going forward and he really just did a great job doing that like I mean, you know, I think what they did in general um, was this was this movie is about transformation. Right. So you have Herb Blitzer transforming from this cynical person and regaining his you know faith in in the Olympics and you know what they're about. You have this Doris, who's the the super athlete, um, maybe a little bit too confident. Um, finding his humble side. Um, it's almost like tra- uh, Wizard of Oz. You have yeah. um, Junior finding his like strength. Right. Yule going from a lone gunman to a team player, and yeah. Sanka going from that Joker to this leader, essentially. And then you have all these other like people, like the, you know the the villains we talked about. Right. And then not just you know the Swiss captain and the old. Uh, uh, Irv's old captain, but like all the people, who uh, there. Junior's father, the Olympic Jamaican Olympic Committee head, yep. who doubted them and, and being turned over, right? So it's completely about transformation. Um, and yeah. they do a great job to bring it all together in the end. What quotes do you, uh, are you, uh, 
I, I, I told you this is quotable. Let me try and weed out some so I don't say them all. Um, <laughs> even to this day, I still, if, during right now, when it's winter, I say to people, I'm freezing my Royal Rastafarian nannies off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, man. How about the oh. when they're coming out? He's come, they're coming out of the airport. It's like, hey man, what you smoking? He's like, I'm not smoking. It's cold. Yep, yep. I think me and um my boy Kevin, because we used to sit next to each other at work, and it was just like one of those days where it's just dragging out, and it's be like he'd be like, Sanka, you're dead. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> we would just do that shit. Um, the, day, the name, his name was Sanka Coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, this is the last one I'll do because if I don't stop here, I'll go on forever. But like, um, you know, Doris gets obsessed with like the Swiss team and what they're doing and how they, you know, perform and get prepare. And he's like, uh, they're getting ready for their. I think it was their first run. And he's slapping everybody's helmets, and they're like, "What you oh, doing? Yeah. That's what the Swiss do to psych themselves up." They also made them little pocket knives too, too but I don't see you doing that. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. <laughs> oh, okay. What the fuck moments? We can still do that. Oh yeah, the what the fuck moments for me were more like, um, and I think I already mentioned it, them changing the times. Like I was just like, really? Would they mm-hmm. really do something like? Yeah, I don't like that. That'd be some petty ass shit, dude. That's some petty ass shit, dude. In the middle, like it just, you know, it's just fucked up. Um, but you know, but like they talk about, you know, we, I don't know if you've seen this video about. Um, I'm getting I'm getting racial here about okay. uh, these kids that are lined up, at, like on a field or something, and they're like, okay, so they tell the white kids like take a step forward if you're like your dad has if you're part of a, a two two fa- two parent family okay now step forward if you like you grew up with like this and that and whatever and then they're like okay now look back this is the advantage you have over all these you know minority kids behind you like every day in life so like just think about that moving forward like yeah. i bring this up because like moving the the times though seeming ridiculous it's probably accurate and accurate like Right. microcosm of like our society so true yeah 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 <laughs> anyway true. i hate that's, to always make it too serious but <clears throat> no but it's that's that's where it is that's where we're like i was thinking about like if this movie came out today what what like well first of all this movie could absolutely be done right now brand new um, with the same cast easily, and it would still be successful. It ages, it ages actually remarkably well. To be honest, there are a lot of subjects that are in this movie that we are still talking about today. Which, you know, I think this movie is pretty timeless. I ain't gonna argue with you. I love it. Pretty um. um I'll just say an additional what the fuck moment are the just the bobsled crashes. Yeah, that why last do, one why, was a doozy. Why do, why do people do this? Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I would have been one of those brothers that walked out of that room when they were playing that. that 
Yep. Um. Okay. Are you Are you ready for the final questions? Yeah. Because was... I'm, I'm I'm flipping the first one. Yeah, I was going to ask because you about we the first know, one. Because we know that the four other actors were considered for this role. Yep. Let's just ask the question. Is, yeah, is this movie better? We know what roles they're going for. Denzel right. Washington is Therese Bonnick, Eddie Murphy is Sanka Coffee, Wesley Snipes is Yul Brenner, and Marlon Wayans is Junior Bevel. Does this movie work with those with actors? In there? I think it turns into a different movie. I think. Uh, look, I'm. I'll be the first to tell you, Denzel in anything makes everything just almost perfect. Um. <laughs> Except in this moment, I think he's just too big for this movie. Like, I think they're all too big for this movie, except for maybe Marlon Wayans. I think. Marlon, yeah, yeah. But I think the other ones are just—they're just too big for this. Who I wouldn't, you know, who I, I would love to have seen um, Arsenio Hall as uh, Senka. <laughs> but then you have coming to America too. You know, I'm like so. Yeah, no. I think this movie was much better off how they cast it. Yeah, there's 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 a such thing as too many big names. Like, yeah, it works with Avengers because of what Avengers is, and that right. also took place over a ton of movies. This is right. a one-off. Yeah, and you just don't want too many people like fighting for that screen time and for that moment. Right. And, and and those guys specifically, I'm sorry, but they, they, I just know they would be fighting to one up each other in the dramatic moment or the funny moment. You know what I mean? So it turns that movie into something totally different. Now, where I wouldn't mind seeing Eddie Murphy would have been um, in 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 the writers' room where maybe to touch up maybe some some other the, the comic comedy but otherwise nah i, I just it's too much man it's too yeah. much yeah i agree i think that it, how it ended up was the right way yeah yeah um <clears throat> although it would be funny if like um in the cro- closing credits um <laughs> They do like uh, outtakes where, where um, the king of Zumunda comes and is, um, you know, willing to support the team, paying 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 for their trip for the next the next uh, the next Olympics. It's just from Africa to the Caribbean. Yeah, man. <laughs> I believe like, I love, want to support people. Want to support my people. Um. That was the other thing. So there is another film where Denzel Washington plays a Jamaican. Oh, is that... um, What's that movie? I can't remember what the hell name of the movie. He plays a um, Jamaican police constable. It's not Devil in a Blue Dress, right? No, no, no. No. um, Or is that the one where he gets... It's like a... He's being... uh, is that the one where he's uh, supposedly stole some money? No, no, no. No, that's like, like in Miami or something. No, this is an old film. Uh, it's called The Mighty Quinn. Actually, oh, The Mighty Quinn. I, I actually own it. Right. Now, I already know that he can butcher a Jamaican accent, so I probably wouldn't want him in there. 
Oh, Denzel doing a Jamaican accent. Mm, not pretty. Yeah. Actually, that was the other thing I forgot. Um, Leon. Mm. Do you know a movie? <laughs> this is like two movies I really know him in, and they are vastly different. He was in Cliffhanger. With so Stallone? Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy. Like, he cusses, and he kills people and shit. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Really? Yeah. I, wow! I don't rem- how come could, I don't remember them? Could, just watch. Dude, I, I watched that movie very recently, like a couple months ago. That's hilarious. Yeah, you should watch. Okay. Well, anyway, we digress. Um, I almost think we need to we, we, we need to change the second question. Oh, did Eric Clapton? Um... Yeah, that's it's time to to move on. Okay. Well. You got one? <laughs> Putting put you on the spot. Oh, damn, dude. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you could do In the Air or something like that, that since that's such an iconic song. I don't know. I, but I feel like we choose that song that that song we'll be we'll be changing it soon because it's like yeah it's not gonna I, fit in most disney films so our usual question is would eric clapton's tears in heaven fit in the soundtrack and in what scene i think we should just skip that and move to the next question yeah we're gonna skip that today until we find a new song a new we, yeah. or, and if you know of a song that we should consider you know please let us know let in us the comments know. hit us up yeah. All right. You want to hit that second, the, the next question there? Um, well, we're not doing Michelle Yeoh anymore, so there's that. <laughs> music, music. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, so which song do you believe um, best encompasses the film, and which one is your favorite? And we didn't talk a lot about music. <laughs> we talked about some of the scoring and maybe one song. There's another song while they're training. Wild Wildlife by Wailing Souls. Also on my Spotify playlist. I love that track. There's a cover by Diana King, Stir It Up. Um, Rise Above It. Yeah. Uh, After the the bar fight, another training scene uh, by Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Is that country song that way we're dancing to in here? (laughs) It's, it's, there was something on the, oh no, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. That's so hilarious. They fucked it off. Yeah, I, I, I thought like it might be. Choose it, so. I thought it was was gonna be Dolly, my baby, but that's a, a Jamaican, another Jamaican dancehall artist, super cat. So, all the songs on this actually are reggae artists. Yep, uh, which is on their soundtrack, wait, except for except for a, a couple of Hans Zimmer scores. So, yeah. I like Super Cat, so you know. Um, well, my answer for both is the same, and oh, it might be uh, it. Might be cliche, but I can see clearly now. Dude, why are you going to try to be like me, dude? Well, I said it first, so I guess you're like me. Um, dude, encompassing the song, like I can see clearly now that the rain is gone. I think it encompasses that transformation we're talking about. Yeah, I can see all obstacles in my way. Like I, it, it's clear now what I have to do or what you know what my goal should be uh, for all of them. Yeah, and it's just that that clarity of of go, of of the journey and the goal. Yeah, um, and I think it works. And and this was just this is a, this is probably one of the best cover songs, one of the best cover songs of all time. Absolutely, um, I love this I've, song. I've heard it done by s- several different artists, and I think it's 
been very rare that I've seen somebody do it and I didn't enjoy the song. Do you know who the original is by? Who? Uh, it says Johnny Nash. I think it's Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Johnny right? Nash. Yeah, I was going to say it. Cause yeah, um, I was gonna pick that as the song for the movie, and my favorite song I was gonna pick "Stir It Up" because I like the Bob Marley tune. You know, like that to me. You put that on, and everything's good, man. It's all good. Um, yeah, I don't know the the, the cover they have here is by Diana King of "Stir yeah. It Up." Jamaican American singer songwriter. Um, I don't know if I know any other. This is no, it is her. Uh, she is the singer of Shy Guy from the original Bad Boys. Oh, soundtrack. Okay. And they had a music video with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in it for her. For her. Right. Shy yeah. Guy. Shy Guy. So same, same, same uh, artist. All right. That's cool. Well, then that's who I'm picking. <laughs> not a bad one. All right. So out of 10, what do you give this film? Do, do, do. Um, I, I definitely enjoy this movie. It's, um, it is, a, it's a, I think it's a mood changing movie where if you, if you're not feeling all good i think put this on it's a good good mood changer um i'm gonna give it a probably like a seven and a half fuck you yeah well i don't know it might be nostalgia i don't know bro um no i know where you're going nostalgia it might be it might be uh my heritage <laughs> but uh, yeah i love this film it's funny it brings me back um it hits those emotions you get the drama mm-hmm. you get the entertainment um it's inspiration and i think it's a day killer too i think it qualifies oh as a day wow I don't think I could turn this off if it was on just on TV. So now I know how to distract you when I need to. Hey, Chris, what's that on? <laughs> Is there a reason you'd have to distract me, Darren? Hey, um, you know, I'm just saying. So I, I'm giving this a nine. How are you going to try to make me the low man? How are you going to try to do that? You that that, never, that has you never that happened. Yourself. You did that to yourself, Darren. That has never happened. You can you can change your answer. Go ahead. No. I'm, 9.2? 9.1. I gotta, I, I gotta be where I'm gotta be, man. Well, you're it's wrong. not a okay. it's not a day killer for me, but but it is a mood changer. So I, I give him credit for that. This is this is this is not a criteria we've said before, mood changer. Hey. I, I came up with I came up with day killer man. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop. Why are you gonna be true to yourself? That's not day killer. Sorry. Maybe I, if I were from Jamaica, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so. may, maybe you'd have some reality. <laughs> Actually, I have to throw this in here because this is like a, mm-hmm. a what the fuck moment to quote. <laughs> Remember when they're trying to name the sled? Oh, Tallulah. Yeah. yeah. What about Tallulah? Tallulah! <laughs> Sound uh, like a $2 hooker. 
<laughs> was my mother's name. <laughs> oh, no, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah, again, Disney film. <laughs> well, yeah. Two yeah. <laughs> I told you, this is the prequel to their current run of not just not just your it's not your mother's Disney movies anymore. But they're a little more they're usually a little more subtle with those kind of jokes, man, and those kind of comments. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe Disney. What you got going on? What you what's what's happening? Nothing. Um cool. Super Bowls today. So I'll catch that. And um got some podcasts coming up for 12 million so uh, we'll hopefully that, have one coming out tomorrow yep. which is Valentine's Day yep so um, yeah people should check that out coming out tomorrow and uh, just well, staying ahead out, huh? or when this comes out you guys should check that out five days ago yeah you should have checked it out already you should have already listened to it 12 times. Um, what about yourself? Nothing much, man. We, we, we've done a lot of, we did about four, this is our fourth podcast in about a week. Yeah. So looking forward to releasing those. Um, hopefully we can get my, my half brother on the next one. Well, one of the next ones, we'll see when that is. Mm. Um, and I, I finished the, la- the latest Bond book for the movie we have to do, Spy Who Loved Me. So Whoa. we can do that whenever. Hopefully we'll have uh, not just our co-host JT Curtis, but uh, another guest, Sue Chung. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to all these podcasts, man. we got a lot of cool movies to talk about. A lot of stuff, people. So get ready. There's going to be a lot for you to listen to. And, um, yeah, we're kicking the spring off in high fashion. So... A little bit of something for everybody. Valentine's Day is coming, so you'll have something for Valentine's Day. Anyway, I guess that's it, unless you have anything else you want to share. We're good. You can follow Chris at Chris Saunders underscore music. Follow me at Darren Jenkins 919. And of course, like, comment, and subscribe on the download podcast show and that wraps it up for us today on super bowl sunday good luck to all the te- the two teams and um may ne- neither of them win um go giants exactly <laughs> um until next time i am darren jenkins and i'm chris saunders and this was the download, the download. We're going to get this right one day. Nah.